Hey everybody, this is Eric from EFP, episode 18. We're going to be diving into N is for narrative. The idea of narrative as a player, narrative as a GM, or just how in the hell you use it in your tabletop RPGs. Maybe something special? I think another bumper, because fuck it, they're fun to make. Let's dive in. So it's March 15th. I just got back from GaryCon 10. I did a little recording while I was there, barely any voice, and I realized I've never done anything on this. So I want to talk about narrative in gaming. What is narrative? By definition, I'm going to give you two of, I think, the four that are there. We have a story or account of events, experiences, or the like, whether true or fictitious. All right, we, we were kind of doing a combination of real and fake. And then the art, technique, or process of narrative or of telling a story. Now, this is what I'm talking about. Narrative, to me, is about telling a tale, telling a story with a group of people, usually friends, sometimes a convention, in which you all get together to weave ideas together into a grander, more amazing story. There's a lot of riffing off of one each one another and improv involved in this, but let's kind of, I want to talk about the actual mechanics and and what it is, and why, and all that kind of shit. So, with that said, when I feel a narrative is needed, like when do I use it? What is good examples of narrative in gaming? And what are some different ways of using narrative? So there's a lot of companies out there that have, especially the indie side, that have started putting narrative into their games. There's a lot of different techniques and mechanics that are used we will dive into those as we talk about how to use it in your game. But some examples of people who are big into it. Uh, John Harper has an amazing way of describing an entire scene in Blades in the Dark. He will say, for example, the red sash jumps over the table, wraps it around your leg, pulls it to whip you to the ground, while three more come spinning out of the breaking spiral of glass in, in red silk cloth as they come out of the skylights ready to attack you, and you know they're proficient in swords. The first one kicks a table over for color, cover, drawing a pistol, blade in the other hand, and the other two pounce on you, slashing and stabbing at your midsection, running you through. And now while he's saying things have happened to you, what he does is describing a scene in which the players then get to change the narrative and interact with this woven combat scene that he has made through roles and use of their abilities and powers, they can change what John has spewed out. I like this a lot. And it's an amazing thing. And that's one of the things we're going to dive into. How different ways you can do that kind of stuff in any game setting. Now, a dear friend of mine, Lou Agresta, he's been working on a narrative book for a long time. And I can't say a lot about it, but his idea of narrative is instead focus back on the mechanics of the player and helping them make narrative-like decisions when designing their character versus narrative-like decisions while playing their character. These are two really good options. And I love that people look at these in different ways. So we're going to take both of these and kind of break them down. And we're going to go over where does it belong, um, what kind of rules you can use to supplement them, what games already have them, and then player or GM, as in who should be using the rules at what time. Then we'll go into some closing and maybe maybe a couple other things at the end. But that's the idea behind this episode. I want to kind of let you guys know um, I may or may not be swearing a lot during this because 
there's some stuff that I feel pretty passionately about. And someone said they were offended by my swearing in one of my episodes. My answer is, if you don't fucking know me, you should know swearing is part of my vocabulary. I don't make this stuff for kids. If I was making a kid's show, I would flip the light switch. But I'm not doing that. I'm making this for all the gamers of age that have swearing. And if it offends you, I... Well, I, I don't know what else to tell you. It's, it's going to be here. It's not going to go away. That's the only warning I'm going to do on any show. Okay. I want to actually start talking about this. Let's get into how to use narrative in your game and what you can do to improve your gameplay. So let's talk about, does it belong in your game? A lot or a little? So a narrative can be a very overwhelming thing for some people. Um, I know a lot of GMs will close their eyes when they're describing narrative, and I understand that. It's the idea of picturing it in your head and explaining things out. Eventually it becomes a little more second nature. Well, I love the idea of narrative in games. It isn't always necessary. You don't need narrative when you're traveling from coast to coast unless you're painting a quick picture of what it looks like traveling across Galarian and Pathfinder. You know, heading north along the bay, so on and so forth, seeing the eye of Avendigo off to the west-hand side, and, you know, that kind of stuff. You can do those narratives. But a lot are a little, and here's what I mean. We just talked about Blades in the Dark. Blades in the Dark is a narrative-focused game with dice mechanics to help those choices come to fruition. It's a fail-forward system, which I, I love. I love the idea of failing forward instead of just failing for fail's sake. So in failing forward... You, you decide what you want to do, you describe your narrative, you explain what it is you want to try to achieve, and after you try to achieve that thing, you make a dice roll. Well, it's a lot in this game. Everything you do is a narrative. All right, after that, in my description I had earlier, when he goes to stab me in the gut, uh, I'm going to attempt to roll with it, put it between my arm and my left-hand side, spinning and disarming him, taking the blade and tossing it across the room. As I fight with my hands, I want to even this fight. That's a narrative. You roll your dice, see what happens, the GM makes some decisions, boom, you keep going. A lot of narrative happens in that. Well, here's a little bit of narrative. While Monty Cook Games has narrative in their game, and it's all about describing exploration and discovery in the weird world of Numenera, the, dis- the idea of narration is more on the GM side, because he has no dice to roll. He narrates, and he has GM intrusions, which he narrates... And then gives what the options are if you want the experience. It's not enforced as much as it is in Blades in the Dark or Dungeon World or Apocalypse World for that matter. It'd be very hard to play Apocalypse World and Dungeon Crawl without having narrative involved. You could still play Numenera and have no narrative involved. And then let's go to D&D 5e. You could tell a story, but you don't ever have to have narrative. And by a narrative... I mean, you don't need to weave a story. You could literally just kick down doors and crawl through a dungeon. So a lot or a little, what should you use? Well, for me, I think it depends on my table. And the first thing I usually ask at a table where I don't know, and I guess this is a really good judgment, uh, yeah, do you guys like to role play? I don't mean rolling dice. Do you actually like to play in character? Do you like to describe what you're doing? Are you familiar with this? And do you want to give it a go? Um, if everyone says, yeah, I kind of like it, and you say, well, you like 50-50? Do you like more role playing than not? Even if a couple people say they love the role-playing, they're like an 80% role-play, 20% combat, and that's the normal breakdown. Give that person a little more role-play chance. Give the other people a combat. Let them shine in their limelight. Part of narrative is telling a story, but as a GM, you need to know when a lot or a little is needed and with which players those two ends of the spectrum are. So where do I use it? 
Well, we all know it can be used in combat. I just described a combat scenario where you're trying to take a blade from one of the red sashes. But where else does it belong besides combat? I think setting a scene, for example, walking into a tavern, walking into an unknown place, walking into anything really, or seeing something for the first time, the narrative can be set where you explain what's going on and then you do what a good GM does. Ask your players why, what, when, where, how. What do you want to do? Where do you want to do it? How do you want to approach this? Describe it to me and enforce that narrative on them. By doing so, they'll get the idea. And then make sure it's a group a group activity. Be like, hey, do you need help ideas? And they're like, yeah, I can't really think of anything. Well, here's what I think. And that person will be like, oh, that's a great idea. And they may spin off of it. Narrative storytelling, like I said before, is like improv. And as one person says something, other people jump in and help you design this grand tale for your character in the moment of the story you're telling together. I also like doing it to paint diplomatic things. I don't just mean walking into a courtroom. I mean, well, you read over the book. This book tells you about the history of this place. They're blighted between two kingdoms, between Imperia and the city of Quartz. They've been in constant warfare for at least 4,000 years that have been recorded. Because of these 4,000 years, the political strife is huge. You can feel it in the air, the judging eyes. When people look at you, you know that they are thinking, what is this person's value? So when you round the corner and walk up to the money exchanger, he looks at what you're wearing. I mean, to realize this, you're an adventurer. You don't belong to the courts. You're a person who goes out and makes money by killing, by stealing, by doing something he does not do because he stands behind a window. How do you approach this guy and what do you say? That is narrative and kind of a diplomatic situation, feeling the pressure and the weight of the world itself. You've set precedence for narrative and in doing so handed the narrative baton off to the player to describe their character in this situation, this campaign, this setting. So that's how I use narrative in my games. Those are just three ways. There's others. Bring them in. Talk to me about them. Call in on the show. It's the lower left-hand side. So really quick, if you're looking for rules that supplement the idea of narrative, here's some systems I would recommend trying out. Any of Fantasy Flight games, they have their actual system that is out now, the Genesis system. Any of the Star Wars ones, it's built into the dice mechanic between advantages and threats you can build narrative with that a good podcast to listen to for or listen to about that is redemption podcast which is a star wars role-playing game using the fantasy flight games engine dungeon world it's about describing what you do blades in the dark as i've described at the top of the show really gets into that idea of how in the hell do i use narrative how and how do i embed this into what we're playing the Bonnie Cook games, the idea of having intrusions as a GM and telling players, this is how it's going to be, this is what I'm doing, what do you think? Are you going to tell me to fuck off with that experience? Or are you going to say, no, nah, give it to me, I'm going to ride this wave? Weave, I've talked about in other games, all narrative, all the time, with mechanics that really, really push that forward. So those are my ideas on, does it belong, and do you need a lot or a little? Let's get into the next segment.
two kingdoms vying for magical power. The kingdom of Imperia and the Twilight Queen. Evil, twisted, necromantic. She believes that all arcane arts should be legal and given out by her divine status. Across the way is the kingdom and the city of courts in the Varenvoss Mountains. This kingdom believes that magic should be licensed, given to families to control, divide, and make sure there's not too much power in one place. The battlefield between, known as the Flensing Fields, changes daily as magics twist, warp, and malform the lands themselves. Monsters of the world born through magic mark men and turn them into beasts themselves. Welcome to Magic and Monsters, The Marks of Men. Coming to a Patreon near you soon. Magic and Monsters will be coming to my Patreon really soon. If you have any questions, sign up, follow me on Patreon. You can find it at EFP, Eric Frankhouse Presents. Find that on Patreon and just ask questions. But I want to move into the next part. Players or GM, who should be using narrative? Is narrative something that all of us should use at all times? Should it just be on one side of the table? I think this depends on your game. And the GM is usually, not always, the one who kind of prods the players along, prods people along to use it in the game by asking the right questions. The best thing that I think have come out of all these new damn indie games is the idea of going, hey, what do you want to do or how do you want to approach this? Asking questions and putting it on the player's side of the table makes them make decisions. It makes them drive the action, which will change the story, which will, in turn, power the narrative. So... Should the GM or player be using it? Well, I believe it's both. I think the GM uses it as a tool to set stage, to set scenes, to describe what is going on, to really bring and draw that table into the moment, like they are watching a TV show, reading their favorite book, or at the theater. I think the players use it to engage themselves in their character, to stay in character, but it's also used as a tool to help people who aren't comfortable doing voices but want to describe what they do. So, as always, an example would be, all right, you guys walk down the street, dark alleys to your left and right. Out of the corner, you see a pair of eyes, robed man, top hat, and he says to you, Sal, I heard you looking for me. How do you, how do you feel about coming over here and talking? Because I ain't coming out in the lamplighter's area. That shit's dangerous. Now your players have the option to respond. And as a GM, you should be like, all right, how do you want to approach this? What do you do? What does your character do? Now a player who's in character may do this. Well, Jonathan goes and walks over there near the edge of the alley. He saunters up, large, broad shoulders, kind of puffing out his chest. Listen, bud. I know you think I'm going to come back there. We're going to have a conversation about this. But you're going to come out in the light where I can see you and see the glare off that pistol you're hiding in your fucking jacket. Now that's somebody who likes to stay in character. They describe what they wanted to do and then gave you the scene in narrative style. Someone who's not comfortable with narrative may say something like this. 
all right, well, I walk up to the alley, um, and, and Jonathan takes a look, wants to know what he's wearing. Let me take, has he got a gun on him? Well, do you want to roll, or do you want to say he has a gun? That's what the GM asks. Ooh, I'm going to say he has a gun. That makes us more threatening. So I say he has a gun. Jonathan walks up, puts his hand on his hip like he's reaching for his, and tells him, walk out of the shadows, you know. We'll talk to you out here. I ain't going in there. And that's the difference between two players, but nothing's wrong. They're still driving narrative. They're painting the scene of what in the hell is going on. So it's the player's and the GM's responsibility. I think it's a commonly used component, but the things that are missing in narrative at most gaming tables are this. And this is just from my experience. Maybe you have other ones. Again, you can call in with them. Lower left-hand side. It's really damn easy. Anchor app is free. My experiences are most players don't know how to kind of get themselves set in character. They didn't take that time beforehand to go, what is Jonathan like? What is the brief two-sentence description of how he interacts with things that are dangerous, people who are affectionate, and what are his general morals? Not his alignment, but what is okay for him to do and what are the things he absolutely will not fucking do? That it will take a lot for him to break that code. And then if you're going to do a voice or not, watch some shows, practice something, or if you're not good with voices, say what he sounds like once in a while. Like he sounds like House from the TV show. British, kind of, got the accent. Do that. But don't, don't just glaze over it. Those are the things that are what make it different than real life and make the fictional world we're all trying to play in. So I think that it's cool to use narrative these ways. The other thing that's really cool is to have narrative triggers. When you have a NPC as a GM, I write down personality, description, and a tonation voice values so I know what the guy sounds like so I can kind of pick up where I left off. And GM, you do a lot of voices, but at least you know. A great example of that right now is what Matt Mercer's doing with the Canadian-styled furball in his campaign for Critical Role. Hilarious. I'm sure he's got elaborate notes on that. Below that, I have triggers and secrets. And triggers are things like if you mention his dead wife, if you mention his kids at all, he will puff up and be like, don't you dare threaten my kids. Even though he may not be, but he is a defensive human being. Secrets are things are his kids, he used to have four, he has three now. One ran away from home, joined the army, and is the exact thing he's fighting every day of his life. These are those moments that when you go to play, you need to drive narrative, you got some keynotes for yourself as a GM. And I believe players should do the same thing. And great examples of this are things like, why are you so damn strong? What have you done that people know about? Why are you intelligent? What, what did you do to get that 18 in D&D? Are you a great sword fighter? Give me mentions of times you've done something just fucking astounding. These are the things that help drive narrative as a player. Keys and tricks to make sure that your character knows who he is because the player knows who they are. So that's my idea on narrative. What do you guys think? Call in. Let me know. I need some more call-ins for the show. Uh, talking about myself is fun, but having other people on is better. So that's it for episode 18. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Narrative is something I hold dear to my heart and is one of my favorite cards to play in GMing or as a player at the table. I think that it really changes the dynamic from board game to tabletop RPG. Don't get me wrong. I use the shit in board games too with the right people. It's fun as hell. Kingdom Deathless and roleplay, different game. 
But in closing, I love it. You should use it, look into it, study it. There's a new show that came out on Netflix that talks about monsters and the hero's journey. And I want to say it's a new thing. I've got, I should have looked this up before I started today, but I did not. And they talk about the hero's journey, like the 12 steps of it. Pretty cool stuff. Narrative is all over that. Narrative is all over everything we watch. So, in, in closing, call in everybody. Let's get a conversation started. Remember, I have my Patreon as well. Eric Frankhouse presents. Thank you to my patrons this month. Reason I'm doing this stuff. The few, the proud, and the supporters of what I'm doing. It is amazing. I cannot wait for this to grow into something we can all enjoy and look back on. My plotted adventures are now going to be out on DriveThruRPG starting next week. The first one, the second, and the third. The first will be free. It is the only one that is in color. The second two are in black and white. Once I hit a certain goal, I may be moving back to full color again. But I'll be honest, I kind of like the black and white. Plotted adventures, if you haven't listened to this podcast and don't know what it's about, the idea is you get a map, a plot web, a map with keyed icons on it, and audio to key up to those things so that you can study through listening to the audio instead of reading 60 pages. Most adventures are three to four hours long, but I may do longer ones later. And last but not least, if you like what I'm doing and you need a cartographer, a designer, or a consultant for your next project, contact me. I'd love to talk to you guys. As for you listeners, if you know somebody you'd like to be on the show, I'm getting ready to do some more deep dive interviews like I did with Brian Bird and Andrew Stanton. If you have somebody you'd like to hear on the show, let me know. I've been in the industry for a while. I love talking to my friends that work here. And I like really pulling up that stuff that you don't get to hear about in common interviews. That's it for me. This is Eric. Everybody, remember, go roll some dice, share a beer, and share this hobby that we all know and love. Out. <laughs>